and I see repping New York City. Live and direct, cause he always come correct. Yeah. But he does an interview and makes the streets all connect. He stimulates the brain, the emotional device. And what smash like the Hulk when he claps you with advice. It's all about the news when he drops in beast mode. Yeah. So pay close attention, shit's about to explode. Intellectual stimulation by way of mobile devices. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Atomic Podcast, coming to you live from the Upper West Side in New York City, where we blow up the news on a verbal scale. I am your host, Ethan Guzman, and my guest today, he is a professional wrestler. You probably see him in Jersey All Pro Wrestling, PWG, Ring of Honor, TNA, DNA. You know, there's so many acronyms that he's been in, and he's probably one of... a legend in the business, in my opinion. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for the 187 Homicide. Homicide, what's going on, brother? What's up, Baba? Thank you for having me, man. Nah, it's a pleasure, man. It's a pleasure, man. As the fans can hear, you a little bit under the weather, man. You feeling all right? Yeah, I'm feeling good, man. I'm just training hard, and, you know, you just can't go to a gym all sweating, and it's cold. I mean, I, I, right now I'm in Philadelphia, and it's very cold out here, just like in New York City, so... Yeah, you know how, like, the colds and, like, the fevers hit, the, you know, hit our Caribbean skin, like, you know, we fall down like kryptonite. Absolutely, man. It's football weather, but right now, baseball is here. I'm very excited, but that's not a story. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, so take me way back, way back. Tell, take me to, you know, how, it, how, how you got started in the wrestling business, because we were talking a little bit off the air, though. We were talking about public access wrestling, but tell me how did it start out for you? Was you always a wrestling fan when you were a kid? Yes, I was. Um, I, I, I don't know who was wrestling, but I always remember I was five years old and um, I was watching maybe Channel 9 in New York City. I was living in Monster Projects and it was WWF or Channel 9. It was Wrestling Challenge or something like that. Then I remember the first ever pay-per-view tag match I ever saw was the British Bulldog versus the Heart Foundation. And I'm like, man, I love this. And after that, it just built up. Then I saw the builder of WrestleMania 3, people like Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant. You know, then after that, WrestleMania 4 and 5, and I was watching like the Saturday main event. I was a WWF guy. But one day, I don't know if you remember, the city got some kind of a connection with the cables, Channel 68. And every week, 7 o'clock was just a different territory of pro wrestling. Like, I'm talking about Fridays and Mondays with the NWA. Then you had the World Class of Championship Wrestling, maybe on a Wednesday. But after watching um, NWA on a Friday, I fell in love. I was like, what is this? This is something different, and I like this so much. And after that, you know, I was going to a, a video store shop, got my little VHS tape, and I went to Halloween Havoc, 1989, and I became one of the most greatest pay-per-view ever. And to this day, it's still my favorite pay-per-view of all time. And the main event was Terry Funk and the great Muda versus Rick Flair and I think And one of my big idols is Terry Funk. Because the, the, the charisma and, and the aggressive and intensity, they come out. You know, I loved it. I was a big fan when I was small. I loved baseball and pro wrestling. And of course, my parents, they hated me 
Spanish style, because that's how old Spanish moms be like, oh, you watching this? Mielda, it's a fake mielda. Yeah, man. But my pop, look at my stepfather, man. He's old school Dominican, and my mother, she's Puerto Rican, so they're old school. So they tell me, like, what is this? This is not a job, man. It's just funny to me, you know. But after that, man, like, I went to this high school called the Eastern District High School in Grand Avenue, and I met these two guys, man. And every time I was hanging out with my language were a bunch of like hardcore dudes and I met these two guys they remind me like the Steiner Brothers and I was a big fan of the Steiner Brothers of yeah. the early 90s and it was this cat named Edley and Herman and Herman became a pro wrestler named Wallpath and Edley was the bounty killer and they telling me like yeah you should go to a wrestling school in Brooklyn I thought it was Johnny Rods and yeah. I heard about Johnny Rods you know people with the dolly books came from there so crazy though so wait wait so the, the ring was inside a bodega that's what you were saying it was it's a bodega bro like no lie man it's unbelievable <laughs> it was sweet the locker room was a dirty basement yeah. and all these guys that came from Tupac Wrestling Puerto Rico don't do see like Batido White Star Vader everybody came from there man it was sweet man the promoter was Pedro Rodriguez I think it was a job for don't do see that's where Costco was red high in Puerto Rico So let me tell you something. When you went to the bodega and the wrestling ring, did you have to pay to wrestle? Like you had to give the, like the guy ten dollars or twenty dollars to wrestle or something? Well, I, I was kind of lucky because uh, the rules was you know twenty five dollars every monthly. I was hanging out with the um, uh, the promoter's son. He was he called himself the Puerto Rican gladiator. You know, he was like very close. He wanted to become a DJ. He wanted to become the next wrestling superstar, like people like the Ultimate Warrior and Sting. You know, and, and he told me a couple of So like being a, being a part of that and like you know you know like you know after school you just went over there to the bodega and wrestled. Did you go like every week or was it like an every month thing? Every single day. Oh, every man. day. Every wow, single every day. day, man. Like I'm talking about like four, five o'clock. Get my 
sweat off, I train on it, and leave it like 9 o'clock, maybe. Uh, yes, I do party, like drink beers, but after that, the next day, even on Sunday, when it was snowing, the blizzard, I don't know if you remember, Because like we're both, you know, from you know the you know from Spanish Harlem, and then you know, you're from Be- um, Bushwick, right? Was it Bushwick? Yeah. yeah. Well, actually, I'm from Best I've been telling people like like I grew up with with uh, a lot of African Americans, you know. And after high school, that's when I was hanging out with a lot of Latinos, and I was, you know, after that I went to Bushwick. So you know, I, maybe in the '90s I was hanging out with a lot of Latinos, and of course my family, they're the ones who smacked me back in the head and be like, you better learn your roots, you know, because at that time, like I said, I was hanging out with a lot of African Americans, you know, so, I had a, a, a really crazy experience. Well, how, how, um, how was your friends like? Because I'm sure you hung out with friends who didn't like wrestling, or they said, oh, you watching that fake crap? Like, I'm sure you, you must have yeah. dealt with that. Yeah, oh my God, that's what, I, I, I gotta give a big, big shout out to all my friends, because they the one who motivated me the most, them and my parents, especially my mother, they the one who, like, motivated me, they laughed at me, they're like, oh, this little fake stuff, and blah, 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 and every time after school, because I used to get bullied, and after that, I especially coming from where you're from and then seeing all these guys from all walks of life they make it on television and they become a professional wrestler you follow your dream and you became that um i know you said you went to the bodega you started wrestling over there how did you get like um you you talking about a little bit you was involved in sort of in like public access wrestling a little bit or you knew people that was in it 
Yeah, after that, um, well, after Pedro Rodriguez, it's called Arena Puerto Rico. It's yeah. Promotion. After the Bodega closed down, he got a move. So he went to Bedside, and that was my neighborhood. And he was like about four or five blocks away from me. It was like a, a church. It was not abandoned, but it needs to be fixed. Yeah. So my boy, uh, at the time, his name is Lathan. He, 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 he been called the Tower Torture. He's a wrestler. He might be like Ernie Ladd. It's crazy. With more ability, you know. Two guys, they got another guy, he wanted to be called for more than Bobby Lombardi. Another guy named Matt Slaughter. So, anyway, we went to a show, it's called George Oprah, because they invited me. And I went to a show, and I think it was September 12, 1997. And I did my thing, you know, I got hired right away. So, they tell me, yo, there's a school about a couple of blocks away from me. You should go. I said, word? Okay. So, I go there. It was special, because I didn't see them like a year. I had a friend. His name is Mike Stone. He passed away. And after that, he kind of like got me all depressed, you know, because he was another guy that. Remind me like the late great of Trent Asher in the independent scene. Yeah. So he got me, got me bumped out. So after that, you know, I went to this church, I saw Pedro. Then I noticed there was a bunch of kids doing crazy stuff. <laughs> and, and, and there was no life Louie, some guy with windbreakers named Low Key, Monster Mac, Buffy yeah. and Miz. And they came up to me like, wow, you a wrestler? Yeah, why are that so cool? And I had these boots, Timberland boots, because I used to wear Timberlands. And I used to basically hit people for real, but then they bullied me, and I had 10 candles, and it was all bloody, and it was slashed with his blood, I heard him, you know, good guy. And yeah, these cats came up to me, they told me, hey man, like how you become, and then they asked me questions, so I told them, and they just clicked right away. It was like something they loved to do, and I was watching their stuff, and I'm like, wow, this is pretty cool. All right. Then at the time, me and Jay Lover, it was at the Pentecost at that time, which we was hooking them up, you know, taking us, you know, or go to New Jersey, and, you know, just training them. And we just clicked, and I was helping all that way with his shows. It's called Insane World Wrestling or IWW. Oh, okay. Now, did you get involved in other public access shows, or that was just the only one? Oh, uh, um, um, what what did you think about it? Like at the time, you know, you was a wrestler. You watching public access wrestlers wrestling, you know, like on public access television. Like, um, was you like scared for them because they didn't really have the proper training, or you know, the, did you like was like, well, what are these guys are doing? Or you was just inspired, like, yo, these guys are doing their thing. Well, yeah, at first, you know, be like, we was talking, you know, at first, you were talking about, like, people be like, we analyze, we were talking about Japanese wrestling at that time, back in 1997, I was a big old Japanese wrestling, and they knew everything, and it was about, let me see what they're doing, and I tell them, okay, stop, you gotta do this, you gotta do that, I wasn't afraid of nothing, it was more like, I knew these guys was hungry, something about them, they hungry, and, and the outside world, it was mad cool, and it was just, you know, hanging out, just have a good time after that, and I was taking them everywhere, and they all like blew up right now, especially Loki. That guy is like maybe the third guy, Gene NWGP, um, Gene the heavyweight champion. He went all over the world in the NXT. You know, he's one of my best students, so I'm kind of happy for those guys. Yeah. How has wrestling changed your life? I'm, you know, what I'm saying you already talked a little bit how it changed it from school, but like overall, how how has it changed your life? It definitely changed like my 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 life up when it comes to my friends because I was hanging out with bad people, you know. 
At the time, I was saying to myself, if I don't get out these streets, I'm going to go straight to jail. So I got to do something positive, you know what I mean? Then also, I, I'm going to drop out. I did bad things. I, I got to have a scholarship for Miami University. So after just doing wrestling, I just, you know, get up the street. But I'm one of those guys that never, ever, ever forget where you came from, you know, but... You gotta do what you gotta do when it comes to like, you know, you achieve your dream and achieve your goal. And when you do that, you gotta get it. And that's what I did, man. It definitely changed my life big time. It's to the good. I travel all over the world. I got a passport that I need to be restamped. Like I was telling my, my friend the other day, man, like, I, I, like I'm still mind-boggling that I went to Australia three times. Like, you never knew a proper kid like myself be going to Australia, you know. And, and one of my boys, um, Hopper Jr., just you know, hit me up and telling me, yo, you want to go to South Africa? Just like that. Oh, wow. What? Like South Africa? Are you kidding me? And, you know, he was joking around, like, well, it's not Africa, Africa. No, it is Africa, Africa, but it's South Africa, you know? But, but that's crazy, you know? Like, I, because I'm very humble where I came from, and it's just like, you gotta be humble, man. You gotta give back to the community, like, what you got, and that's what I'm doing right now. Yeah, I'm saying that it's even talking to you, you know, you seem really down to earth. And then, you know, after all all the all the places you've been to and all the places you wrestled at, you know, wrestling at Jersey All Pro, um, how was that like? Because, you know, that's more, that's, that's more to me, like, that's like the grittiness and that's like, you know, one-on-one -on -one with the fans. How was wrestling at Jersey All Pro? It was, it was hard in the beginning. Like, I started at the seven and, and when ECW came in, everybody got into the revolution attitude, you know, I'm talking about everybody got to do the hardcore style, the bar wire, the bleeding, everything, and I was one of those guys because I was, I was small, and I said to myself, okay, if I was small, maybe I could do this, and I could, like, you know, be bigger than, than whatever, not so big for the turn for doing it, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to do this, and at the time, there's no problem with the short bay on the jersey, it was, it was awesome, um, a lot of injuries, a lot of stitches, but after that, I was getting bored, you know, like, doing the, the crazy stunt, whatever you want to call it, bleeding every night. I just had a, a kid, a son, and he'd look at me with stitches in my head. I was getting tired, and I could do wrestling. Like, I'm talking about, like, classic professional wrestling, which you see, like, the NWA or the, you know, the Puerto Rico, but the promoter never... Uh, advertise me as a wrestler. They always want to advertise me as a brawler. So, you know, I went with it. And after that, random money came in and boom, I changed my style. And you also became the world heavyweight champion over there. Um, That was, I guess, your, your first title. How was that like? Which one? Jersey Pro? Yeah. Oh, it was, it was sweet, man. Like, I didn't do nothing about... Well, of course, I knew that the NWA world title was the number one perceived belt, and of course, the WWF, but when I want that belt, to me, it meant, it meant like I could do more than this. You yeah. know, I, I just want a company belt. Now I can go to another stage and conquer, like, every territory and every little promotion, and after that, I could go after that big on the world, and that kind of woke me up when I won the world title. That's when I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm me. I'm even hungrier, and I want more. And that's what I did. Oh, um, where did you go after Jersey All Pro? Excuse me? Where did you go after jo um, Jersey All Pro? After Jersey All Pro, um, 
You sat out there for like a year or two, or? from New Japan it was just you know like the the style was different basically
wrestling. That dude got me Terry Boyce, Hockey Motor on that. Phenomenal wrestling. There's no bells more brawling. When you go to Zero One Pro Wrestling, it was more like martial arts and more like a New Japan kind of style. You know, if you see people like Hashimoto, Masayo Chono, and Green Muda, it's like their style. But to me, it was, I think it was more politics, you know, because that's the first time I went to like a Japanese company that's kind of political, but not saying in a bad way. Like, you need to play the game when you go to a big company, and I didn't play the game very well when I went to Zero One. Uh, all right, wow, man, you've been, like, everywhere, then, you know, Ring of Honor, too, um, yeah. you know, also, like, d Lino. What, what what's your opinion on, um, Jim Cornette? It, man, I'm gonna have a lot of heat saying this, I like Jim Cornette, <laughs> 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 and this is why, nobody believes me, you know, including my boy, Julius Smokes, he's, like, one of my best friends, you know, yeah. he hates, the, um, Jim Cornette, but... One day, I, man, I don't know what year, but you was part of uh, an angle that I brought Cornette to Ring of Honor to fight Jim Cornette. Basically, he came up to me in a little meeting, and, and I think somebody said, Yo, Jim, you are racist. You are racist. And he just said it like, listen, I don't care. You're brown, black, yellow. To me, you're green. So if you're green, I like you. I respect that, you know, he admitted it, like, he is, but he always treated me with great respect. Every time he sees me, he always remember my name, he always remember me. I got no hard feelings for him, of course, I heard things what he says to my friends, and I'm like, man. But first of all, I'm a, I'm a fan of Jim Cornet back in the days of NWA when he was a manager for, for the Midland Express, so I'm yeah. more of a fan than work with him, it was awesome at the time, I was in a big feud, and I remember Loki kind of like kicked him in the face, and he fired Loki, and, and he needed my help, he told me since he does to run with a mother, and I need your help, and I said let me think about it, and I don't know if he's ever saw the, the tape of DVD, the four kids and death, or see if he does to a mother, and that was one of my moments too. Wrestling. I think nobody doesn't realize this kind of thing, but the special enforcer of the ring was Jim J.J. Dillon, that, the horseman manager. Then, of course, the commissioner at the time was Jim Cornette. So I beat Jim J.J. Bring him on the one, yeah. I told Jim Cornette, okay, you got to bring back Loki back to Ring of Honor. And basically, he just, like a Jezebel, betrayed me and just whooped my butt. And I'm back on my payback. <laughs> wow, man. It's crazy because you know how Jim Cornette has his little things that he said about Lucha Underground. And, you know, a lot of people are just, you know, saying, like, you know. Yeah, Everybody has their opinions, you know what I'm saying? Everybody has their opinions. Mm -hmm. Um, I know you fought um um Daniel Bryan, Bryan Anderson to win the Ring of Honor title. Um, you know, um well, what did you think about his uh retirement speech? It, it was it was sad, man, because like 
homicide is like you know you've been in the ring with every major talent you know from you know Joe Loki to Jay Lethal to Samoa Joe you've been in the ring with everybody um who stands out the most you know not to say who's better but who stands out the most to you you've been in the ring with Like, you know, you you know, you people talk about CM Punk, they'll talk about Brian Danielson, Daniel Bryan, they talk about Loki, they all have one thing in common. Everyone has fought you. Like you you like sort of like the, the measuring stick. You're like you know, you like the Mickey, you know what I'm saying? Like everybody's gotta go through homicide, you know, until they make it to the big time, you know what I'm saying? You agree with that? <laughs> Yeah, like that was a joke. I read a letter, um, they called me the fuel maker. And I'm like, what the hell is the fuel maker? And basically, it's what you just say. You gotta go through homicide to become one of the top sages. So everybody just came towards me. And, and everybody said, man, those skills are classic. I mean, the first few I had at Ring of Honor was uh, Tony DeVito and AC Loke. It was the college crew. But after that, with the most singles, it was me and Steve Carino. Because we had a little personal thing going on. And plus, we liked it. Dust walls and turn the fun field. So we kind of mixed that up. But after that, you know, like the American Dragon, the Club of the Banana, the Senior Park, just everybody on the list. It just like, 
talk about TNA because you was there from 2005 on um how, how did you get started in TNA and you know how did everything come about with TNA with the Latin American exchange just take me back how it all started for you in TNA Oh, he was laughing at me, but now look what happened. Yeah. Like, he kissed my butt. 
Yeah, you know, because it's because of TNA, some TNA. You know, you got an action figure of yourself too, so. Yeah, man. Bill Games T-shirt. It, it was like wow, just an uh, incredible experience, man. Like I've been teaching everybody, like jumping around, like like when they got ego trips, I tell them, do me a favor, go to Kmart and pick the game up. I, I don't care how bad it is, but pick my game up. I should be on the cover or maybe the back cover, and you let me know how you feel because some of these guys they got egos, and you gotta break them down. Oh man. Um. So speaking back about um Latin American Exchange. Um. Um. What was it like teaming up with Sean Hernandez? Because you guys pretty much like gelled together. You know what I'm saying? How how you, how, how was Sean? Yeah, after that, like I was saying, Apollo was the original. After yeah. that, he had a little problem in Puerto Rico, so, you know, we couldn't do it then. Um, my champion's name is Ricky Baker, he's a cool guy, but Jeff Jeff at the time, he was the boss. Like, the original plan is supposed to be two big guys, but Corner's like, no, we need to bring Homicide. He's the real deal, you know, and Jeff Jeff's like, okay, whatever, you know. So after Ricky Baker, he was too small because he was like my height, he was a little bigger than me, but, yeah. you know, same. Hi. So he comes in and this. He did a lot of things for TNA back in the days. So he came, it was just clicked very well. Me and Claudia looked at him. I don't know what it was. He looked like a, like some kind of a Uncle Tom prep guy. Like, no, we're gonna shape you up, we're gonna change you, and you're gonna learn your roots. So he's from Texas, you know, like his father, he was um um Spanish or something? to Manny Fernandez. He was one of your trainers. How was how was he as a trainer to you?
what would you do? And he told me so many little things. He told me little history. But then I was a big fan of the West Texas guys. And the West Texas is people like Dusty Rose, Rosa Bloody, you know, even Tito Santana, Ted DiBiase, all those guys, they came from a school called West Texas University, the Fox. Yeah. And I was a big, huge fan of that. I always remember, like, I saw him uh, do a knee drop to Elvina 3, and Elvina 3 was spitting blood out. I always say to myself, I'm never going to meet that guy. <laughs> Two years later, I met him. I'm like, oh, man, that's more well. I know, it's crazy because, you know, you got involved in wrestling, you was a fan, and you actually wrestling the people that you look up to, man. How How is that? It's like, it's, it's like, nerve, like nervous and weird experience? It, it is a weird, at first it was a weird experience, like, <laughs> I was laughing because I thought a couple of my students, like Casey Blade, DC um, Nichols, Drew Smooth, it was one day I did a return for Ring of Honor, and um, Terry Funk was the special referee, <laughs> And um, I told somebody, like, from the staff, is Terry Funk is in the building? He said, yeah. You know, I told him, you're looking for him. I said, okay. Because I was the surprise, you know, to come out. You know, now back. This is like 2010 of September. Yeah. And, and um, I, I turned my back. I was talking to somebody, maybe Casey Blake. I turned around. It was Terry Funk. He was looking for me. And he was always, you know, making fun of me. Like, oh, you little Mexican. You always potato me. <laughs> Because you, know, you say he call you Mexican, like does does everybody think you're Mexican because you're Latino? Like they don't know, hey, that's Puerto Ricans too. No, it was just, that's like when they go to down south, like Florida, especially Texas, California. You know, like Puerto, Puerto Ricans are small, a portion of New York and Connecticut, yeah. Massachusetts, but when you go to the south, everybody's Mexican. I remember I went to Arkansas for a teenage show, and uh, some guy came up to me. He was like, so what? Ricans and Dominicans. I've never heard of Puerto Ricans and Mexicans. You know, that's a New York thing. I swear, everything yeah. I love. That is a New York thing because when I started, that was the first thing, especially when I went to high school. It was uh, Eastern District. It was a, a crew called 911. Yeah. Oh, no, excuse me, 911, excuse me. It was uh, Dominicans don't play. DDA. Oh, my God, I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and, and the, the thing is, like, they don't like, 
no Puerto Ricans at the time. It's like, yo, screwed up, platanos or whatever, you know what I mean? And my brother was Dominican, so I got mad love for Dominicans. But when you travel the world, it's different, man. It's more Mexican than Puerto Rico. I don't know what it is. It's crazy. Wow, it's crazy that you said that. You took me way back to, like, the high school days. Wow, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm part of it, but, you know, I've got a good memory. Homicide, um, you got to tell me some good stories. I'm sure you got some good stories out there. Any, It, it could be rated NC-17, whatever whatever kind of story, man. You got to have some funny stories. Um, I got a couple. Um, one story was about, uh, this is YouTube. And now you got to hear from me because you might put it in. Someone joined and CM Punk is talking about it. I don't know if you ever seen it. Mm. But um, uh, my story is, is the two ways. So anyway, it was my first going to Los Angeles, California. I don't know what year it was. I think it was like maybe uh, 2003 or four. And it was a tour. So uh, me and Samoa Joe, we was very close. So uh, Samoa Joe was like, when you come to to LA, I'm gonna teach you the good Kush. You know, because yeah. I'm a big fan of Snoop Dogg, Cypress Sales, and all that. And I'm like, all right, and I went to LA, show me some love. So he sent me to, to, to LA to a spot. I'm talking about like restaurants, and they had great food. Yeah. So he took me to a restaurant, and I ate like a pig, man. Then after that, we go to a bar. There was a great bar. And Sia Funk was there, but Sia Funk, he's a real spread age, you know. He doesn't drink those drugs. You know, he was our, um, the guy that drive our car. And at the time, this guy that B-Boy, he had a stick ship car. So he was driving a stick ship, and he doesn't know how to drive a stick ship. So there was another restaurant, his name is Masada's from Japan. They gave me a bottle. He tells me, hey, do you ever drink this? I'm like, what is that? And it's tequila. I never heard of tequila. I'm, like, I'm Puerto Rican. We don't Bacardi. <laughs> like, no, you're from the West Coast now. You drink tequila. <laughs> All right. So I noticed that this bottle had something in the bottle. It was a worm. Yeah. And I'm like, what is that? Now, mind you, I was already, like, like smoked out, whatever you want to call it. That's all I do is smoked out, you know? Yeah. So I I drink the tequila. To me, I think tequila is nasty, my personal opinion. I don't want to get nobody mad, but I don't like tequila. But they dare me to, to eat the worm because I'm a dare person, like a truth dare. So I'm like, all right, I eat, I eat the worm. I did not knew that I was going to bug you out. I heard stories about eating acid and seeing smurfs and all that. I never tried it. I heard about it. But when I ate that one, I was seeing things, man. So we go to Samojo house. I was hanging out with the Havana Pimples. And they, they are drunk. The only ones who wanted to drink was CM Punk. So they, they wanted to fight CM Punk because they wanted to, to leave. So CM Punk had the car keys and they had a fight. But after that, they just chilled out and we went to sleep. The one, well, I think it was like maybe 3 o'clock in the morning or 4 in the morning. You hear some old Joe like about to throw up. I just got up. And next to me was CM Punk. I just got up, took my pants down, and just said that I did the R. Kelly on him. Oh. But almost I uh, you and him, he grabbed me like a baby, like 
You know how to, you know how to do the setup and the payoff with the story, man. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um. Also, have you ever been involved with any girls in the wrestling business? You don't have to name names if you don't want to, but you ever like had a shorty in the wrestling business? Um. Yeah. I, I, man, in TNA, Terry Taylor was used to be one of my mentors and my bosses. He always. I don't know what it is, but you always telling me, like, I'm going to do Eddie Guerrero. And I'm like, that's a great compliment. Thank you. I said, no, I'm talking about a smooth. Because I used to be a big flirt of all the girls. But I was more like a big, you know, big brother type kind of guy, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, I did flirt, but I, I didn't go that far. But, you know, there was this one girl that they messed around in TNA. It was like kind of deep you know just say that no, okay 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 you know what I'm saying she's international she's not American so that's all I gotta say <laughs> uh, that, that, oh, that's all you gotta say that's all you gotta say I'm just, I'm just playing I'm just playing <laughs> um what you would call it um what are um you know like you know your whole outfit your whole tights your, your short I mean like you know you have like the jean denim shorts like back in the days, and then now you have like, you know, is that just like your style, like like your everyday type style at at home? Because like every time I see you wrestling, like with that type of style, I'm like, then this is probably how he's chilling in the house when he's just on break or whatever. Like, is that's just that's just like your comfortable gear, like when you wrestle? Yeah, you know, I want to be different. Everybody got the same thing, you know what I mean? Yeah. And now, if you notice, everybody. I mean, it was jokes like I don't like an N one basketball player. I want to be different. You know what I mean? And I remember like back in '95, man. I was telling my boy, um, like, I, like I had a uh, game called the Lion Tower. It was stupid. It was like a a bullet version of Sting and I would take a mess together. It was whack. And I told him, I'm bored, man. I gotta do something. My boy was like, be yourself. I like, wait to come up be yourself. I'm talking about a street food. I was hanging out with guys and you know doing stuff. I actually be doing at the time, and I'm like, okay, well, I'm gonna wear, I don't wear, I like a Iger jersey, some pants, you know, be a, be a thug, you know, like, if you come to my house, um, what personality are you gonna have, are you gonna be a, a white man with a suit, or are you gonna be, you know, such and such, I'm like, okay, I got you, but watch me my name, and just watching 
Juventus plus one, and this guy was on the run for homicide. He was like, okay, quit the homicide. I am like, yeah, but I want to do family entertainment shows. That's not going to go well. I was like, don't worry about it. Just do it for two months, and you're good. Well, two months became like 23 years, and I'm just still stuck in homicide. <laughs> I can't complain. After my gear, you know, um, at first, I used to wear, like, you know, the Onyx, um, the hockey jersey, you know, with the jeans, and after I had the flight suits, then I, I had, like, the B.I.G. shirts, and I saw a guy, two guys, for coming for smoking my rescue, these stuff clubs for the gangsters, and they were telling me I look like Blue Jack, and that kind of got, got me, man. It kind of got me because I wasn't ripping nobody. It was so bad that this writer in the audience was calling me a wannabe new jack. I jumped on the cover with my chin thing. That, that's how bad it was, yeah. you know, because I was smart. And after that, you know, it just made me like, okay, I'm going to make my own brand. And I just made my own brand, you know. And uh, that's when I, uh, I hooked up with this great designer from Tennessee. He you know, does normal designs, but all this stuff, DCOGNA, on my sorts and everything. It was for him, so it was one of those yeah, chill moods, you know. Like the biggest thing is my bandanas. Every every color means something, you know. Like every time I wear put with the flag, that means I represent Puerto Rico. If I represent a white bandana or a black bandana, it means independent. You know, I represent the G's out there. You know, so every color means something to me, and I always shout out everybody. You know, who's was going for for the struggle, was locked up and going through their time and struggling, and you know, it just I'm missing everybody, and that's where my kid came from. Not the shirt. I tell people I got like two thousand different shirts. I like wearing different stuff. Sometimes you'll see me with a Freddy Krueger shirt. Sometimes you'll see me with a Wu Tang Clan shirt. I always, you know, I'm like a chick. You know, wear shoes. I want something different every time. Yeah. So there'll never be a, a tape with Homicide with the same outfit? Nah. I never have the same outfit. I always got to change it up a little bit. Like my next one, um, I was thinking the other day, man, I need to bring back my old kid. That's the natural boy. See, it was the flight suits. Yeah. And I'm a good logo and everything. I'm, I mean, to me, like, this is a cosmetic uh, business. You got to have a great look. You know, you got to have a six-pack. But those are the people for the dope. He tell you that, and everybody's just sheep, you know. You don't have to look, like, disgusting looking. You need to work out. You need to look good. But don't look the same. You know, there's that one guy, like, there's really always, that's it. Then you got 500 people that looks like Randy Owens. You even got me. If you look at the team, you got a lot of people that what is my gear. But the reason of that, because they are shy of their body. You know, no, let me put this on. They don't notice. I could wear tights, I could wear trunks, but I don't want to. Why the hell? People don't want to see me with trunks. And they do you. Get out of here with that, man. Yeah. <laughs> It's funny, man. Like, like, you know how you said if you ever would go to WWE, if they wanted you to change your name to Homicide and call you Jose Suarez, would you do that? Yes, I would. I, I even joked around. You can give me a doink clown. I don't care. <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be the best doink ever. <laughs> um, talking about your rotator cuff surgery, are you uh, almost 100% yet, or are you still healing? Yeah, I'm still healing by April or June. I'll be 100%. Right now, I'm like 85 or 90. It's one of those injuries, man. I've been telling everybody, like, whoever listening to this, if you're a worker, wrestler, man, 
in the wrestling business how many more years TNA, I think you had a lot of great matches with Kurt Angle, man. Those matches were pretty good. Um, how did you feel about those matches? I love that, man. Um, he's one of those, man, Kurt Angle is like one of the nicest guys. He's legit. He, he's a machine. Like, I've seen Paul Hurt. I mean, he's legit. He broke his neck in, in, in the Olympics. Everything we see is legit. With Kurt Angle, man, he, he's like a soft wild kid. He's like a freak. You know, mm. he's hurt. have wrestling schools um if you had to advise somebody who wanted to go to a wrestling school which school would you tell them to go to Like as much, I really don't know what's going on with those guys, but 
You know, like, right now, like, um, I've been hearing a lot of things, a lot of good things, and a lot of guys that came from the house of glory, Russell Bull, they're doing big things, man. Like, you got guys like, um, Kim Broadway, you got Smiley, you know, of course, you got the teachers like the Major Red. There you got also the guys that come from New York City, you know, you got King Pomposo, like Pika Sanchez, Chris Pika Sanchez, Jaka, you know, uh, the EYF, OBBO, I'm sorry, but... Two Latinos, they're badasses, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Just winding down, because I know I had you for a little bit. Um, What are your thoughts about, like, the women's division, like, the the, the Divas Revolution or women's wrestling in general, like, in the East Coast and um, L.A.? Are you, um, is there any, like, women wrestlers you, you know, you look at and, like, wow, these girls are really good? promotions like Shine and then there's um Lady Luck in California. Like what do you think about those promotions like that? Well I really don't know too much about it. like I, I got a lot of friends are talking about like Shine, you know, but um I've got the team for the West Coast I really don't know much. I don't know, I got no negative uh, comment with any promotion. You got WSU, you got Shine, um, you got Shimmer, you know, they don't big things, you know, um I don't know about the West Coast area, but I, I know they're doing big things too. You know, like right now, um, I thought wrestling, professional wrestling, especially the woman division, is going down. I don't it's really not. It's picking up. A lot of people have started experiencing that. You see a lot of girls coming out and they're, they're doing their thing. It's no more eye candy no more. They want to keep compete with men. And I think they're going to break. Yeah. Um, two more questions for you. What is your best moment in wrestling and what is your worst? Yo, 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 your best moment, either a match or meeting somebody or, you know, what is your for? Yeah. <laughs> 
they got the little LAX shirt. It was, it was like Brooklyn in the UK. It was cool. Wow. Now, worst moment yeah. is, of course, that stupid Kings match. It was live TV. Uh, 2010, it was the first ever live TV for TNA. It's called God of the So stupid yeah. thing that Rich was all produced. I, I felt like no gifts in the territory. That was the most stupid thing out there. You know, I used to get bagged for that. Now I laugh about it, yeah. you know. But, dude, I, I hate that. I wanted to kill Vince Russo, and I like Vince. He's yeah. a cool guy. Oh, my God. I remember that. I was watching that, like, what the F? <laughs> dude, it was one. But, but uh, the whole story, you know what I know about this when it comes to pop and everything, real quick. But I had a bad shoulder. Yeah. And I was just chilling with, with small Joe Kurt Angle and Real Money. Vince Russo and Trudy came up to me. How much you want to practice it? Yeah. And I'm like, I can do this. But it's stupid and were kind of changing up, you know, it was just, I don't know, you could tell something was off there, it was just kind of off. TNA now, um, I don't know if you're watching the product now, um, what you what you think of them and um, what do you think they need to do to improve? Well, I'm not watching this stuff a lot. 
My final question to you, drum roll please. What, what would the homicide of today tell the homicide of yesterday? Plug your social media, plug any anything if you got coming up in the future or whatever. Gotcha. Then I would definitely love to see you on Lucha Underground under a mask or j as Homicide would be cool too. Bless you, brother. Um, I appreciate everything that you're doing, man, and always been a fan of your work, and I wish you the best success, man. Thank you so much, man. I hope everybody out there was intellectually stimulated by way of mobile devices. Have a good one. Yeah, Charlie.